0: This is Catalog and Cocktails, presented by Data.World.
1: Well, I, I think this, this, this is a good segue. We have our, 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 our lightning round. Let's go into our lightning round, which mm-hmm. I mean, we're following up on a lot of more of the things we wanted to go talk, talk about. So um, let me start off with this one. So just quick yes, or no, uh, and provide some context here. Is human-centered design a process you implement?
0: Yes.
2: <clears throat> it is. Okay
1: well on this kind of what would you recommend i mean i know we're jumping ahead now on kind of just on, on <laughs> but uh, what is the best way for people to start learning about human-centered design
2: um i mean there's tons of resources on this i have obviously stuff on my website <clears throat> uh, designing for uh, sorry my my voice our timing right like <laughs> cold um <laughs> But no well, yeah, I, I've got stuff on my, uh, my website, uh, that you can check out there about kind of how to go about doing this kind of work. Um, and I have a course actually that I teach on this. So if you go to designing course, you can download a free, uh, free module of that. And it will kind of take you actually through all the modules that I teach there. And that's been designed to be relevant, uh, you know, relevant to data professionals kind of taking out the stuff that's absolutely not necessary there. it doesn't get into there's just like with data science, there's tons of different methods and stuff that techniques, models, different ways of approaching problems. I've tried to take out all the stuff that's not necessary. So you're not overloaded with like, cause like ultimately the job, you're not trying to become a professional designer. If you're a data scientist, I I know most of that's, that's not their goal. My goal is to give you a set of tools that you could start using now to be a better data scientist, not to become a designer per se. And I disagree with this idea that only designers with a capital D can be designers. And this is a, this is a whole debate in the, in the, in the design world. But my, my feeling is you can't not design solutions. Every choice is a choice when we're, when we're making something for somebody else, we are designing it, whether or not we, we gave it a lot of thought and care or whether we didn't at all, either because we don't care or we just don't know what we're not doing, we're still designing it. So let's learn how to just do it better. Let's learn how to put intention behind the choices and and start to think about these things, the non-technical parts of the solution here that are gonna be really relevant to making sure the technical stuff ever sees the light of day and
0: gets used. Love that. Yeah. So second lightning round question here. Can dashboards be data products or 2A and then 2B? Can machine learning models be data products? How do you interface
2: with the model, I guess, right? And again, what does end-to-end mean? I I think some of this is in the eyes. It's in the eyes of the the data product team. It's in the eyes of the customer. Like, does that dashboard, is, is all my job is to like change this dial over here manually based on information that comes off this dashboard, you could say, well, that's that's enough. I go from digital world back to real world. My job is to tune the factory manually using insights from this thing. You could say, that sounds pretty end-to-end to me in, <clears throat> in a lot of ways. So, yes, I, I think it could be.
1: So, um, third question. So, we, t- we talked about different roles mm-hmm. here, but how about data product managers? Should companies be investing in data product managers?
2: I think so. I mean, this I'm already hearing this already. I, I think this is starting to catch on <clears throat> again, particularly in the um, more in the, the non-digital enterprise space. I, there are definitely teams that are starting to do this kind of stuff. If you check out my podcast, you can see some interviews or listen to some interviews with some um, with some CDOs that are doing this kind of work. But yes i think and there and, and, and several of them have come out of software backgrounds right and they're carrying over this and they're they're talking about very much the same kinds of things that i'm talking to you about today so i i do think there there's this role called analytics translator which was kind of i think a mckinsey titled role that became you know kind of came up i i i don't almost like to bring it up because i don't want to see that get used anymore i don't care for the title because it sounds like something that you do after the fact, because translation is always something that follows something else. And I don't like this idea of like, well, we do the really technical thing and then we translate it and make it easy or something Ugh. like, so right. I don't, I don't like the title, but I, I, I love the work that that, that community is doing. I think it's very similar to data product management. So I'm fully on board with the work that they're doing to try to act as an intermediary here between technical teams and, and, and business users, et cetera. Uh, but yes, I think, uh, my again, the question is like, what are your objectives, what are your goals? And if business value from data is your goal, then again, you, gotta ha- you, you have to get through the adoption piece somehow. And so the question is, well, whose job is it to get adoption, right? Like, like whose job is it to make sure that these things get used And if they don't, to make the requisite changes to ensure that they start getting used, I don't know whose job that is. I don't really care if they have the title of data product manager or not. I'm just saying it's really hard to win at this game. If nobody's using the stuff that we're
0: making. Yeah. It's just hard. Um, somebody needs to think about and care about the value and the adoption which I think leads us well into the fourth uh, and last lightning round question. You know, towards the end of our discussion today, we talked about data value and kind of articulating uh, what that data value is. Should companies literally track data ROI? Should they track a data
2: ROI? So, well... If someone's job, is, if, if if the chief data officer's job, which is often to define a data strategy, I would assume that they would want to track track this so that they can justify their own work, but also help the business understand. Well, we're putting all this investment in, what are we getting back? Right. So, absolutely, I I think it makes sense to do that. I think the the challenge is often going to be in how do we measure these things. And I actually interviewed a, a great. I love this book, Doug Howard. I I I, I mention him frequently he wrote a book called how to measure anything. And I think this is a great book for so many, so many teams to use. Uh, and he teaches how to do this and, and where teams usually get screwed up here is they, 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 they mix up the idea of measurement and accuracy. And so measurement might end up being qualitative feedback from some key people. That is the measurement of whether or not we're using uh, like data properly, or we're like, there's been an ROI in the data. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's a difference there between the, the accuracy and the measurement thing. But the idea of trying to actually put a measurement on these things, so we can start to track things. I think this is really important. I hold my clients to this when I, when I'm, you know, doing consulting works and stuff, I always, I don't work with a client where they can't define what an improved state is. And it can't just be completely subjective or I'll know it when I see it. It's like, it's a trap. It's a, you're walking into a trap with that kind of thing, right? And my job is actually sometimes to help them figure figure that out by asking good questions to surface current state now, what's the desired future state to understand what improvement means. Then we can talk about, well, how do we measure those kinds of things together? And a lot of times they haven't done that, but the the activity of going through this is very therapeutic because now people feel like I finally know what we're doing. And like, I didn't even know we didn't care about this metric. I had no idea the business is actually really focused on this metric over here. Cause we took it for granted, or they didn't think that the people on the ground needed to see those facts. And it's like, that's actually really relevant to my work. Like why am I ingesting all this data from this other system over here? When all we're talking about right now is vendor data. I don't need millions of customer records. Like that just saved me a whole bunch of time. Like that's, like, what am I, what are we doing here? Right. So right. I think in being able to express, express that clearly is important.
1: Uh, this has been a phenomenal conversation. You are, we have you are very thoughtful and we've gone through so many details and it, um, we're going through our takeaways and let's see how we do. Yeah. Because we have a lot that we wrote, we took our notes. So Tim, take us away with takeaways.
0: All right. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, all right let's go. So much to- gold <laughs> in these here mountains. So yeah. first of all, data products are a, <laughs> end-to-end human in the loop decision support system that is so good somebody might pay to use it i thought that was a very thoughtful definition of what data products are maybe what data analytics et cetera et cetera products are because really they all are about you know providing value for making better decisions Mm um and you outlined that one of the key things that people think that is incorrect is that people often think that data products are the result of labor, that like analysts are creating data products and they're like, it's coming out the other end of the machine line. And and right. even though there is a reality around, okay, there there are humans involved and data teams involved in putting these things together really it's about the value it's the the fact that there is an an asset or a thing that comes out that has value would they pay for it or exchange something for it is it something worth trading for right and and there's intentionality around it it's not just the byproduct um are data products different than analytics products uh you would say no that there there's a there's a, a you know they're they're all sort of decision support systems um, and you know, the people are, are key, the human in the loop. So third parties, first parties, multiple folks, you know, are, is it developers, right? There's a human in the mm-hmm. loop somewhere, um, that is a part of the overall system. Um, mm-hmm. what is the system not doing? Don't fall in the trap of building something that could do lots of things because usually people don't end up using it to do those things. Uh, and later on, you mentioned actually things like uh, dashboard deserts, So that, which I think is a very stark and concerning metaphor for where things can really go wrong. Yeah. Uh, Human-centered design was a very important aspect uh, today. It's not how you display it or taking guesses about what should be there or prognosticating. It's about working backwards from the humans and having the technology meet the human need where it's at, not pushing technology to try to change human behavior. Um, And so, you know, you you talked about really collaborating with the team. So design not for the team, but with the team. You don't Mm -hmm. talk to them don't know their fears um you know you're not just starting with technology or starting with the solution you're trying to start with the problem and own the outcome uh and own the problem and you need to play the game of user adoption first if you're going to skip the users in the loop you're skipping past the value and and before i hand it over to juan who i know you've got plenty of uh, of, of takeaways too <laughs> i loved your quote shut the f up listen for facts and information. <laughs> uh, you said, stop talking. Uh, and, you know, you implied you got to ask questions. So yeah. I think that, that's a really yeah, good I'm advice. To, and
1: to follow, hmm. follow up on that, I love how you say, like, even if you're like a, the, the introvert that you don't want to go talk to people, it's like, that's fine because actually you shouldn't be talking that much, right? You should just spend 20 percent right. of time just asking questions, just listening to that. Mm-hmm. And then when you start listening, people are like, well, we need play K means clustering on snowflake and like, well i could just be that data drive through and deliver that but actually this is a, this is so thoughtful of this it's like the stakeholders are trying to speak your language right they're doing they're they're stepping kind of more into your territory it is your turn your your time to actually understand and ask the why truly truly understand what is the problem that trying to solve right there um, i think that was a that was a very very important takeaway from you there and then also marty kagan teams teams owning the problem space not the solution space the data teams they should be owning that problem space uh, we had this discussion between data versus software products and there's more similarities mm-hmm. than differences, right if you can learn the core basics of data product uh, product management maybe pricing is not as relevant but marketing i think marketing that's something it is and actually uh, per, from a pers- personal perspective i think talk about adoption you want to be able to go market those data products that you have i think the things that you can go learn from you
0: that. can have a good data product and sometimes it fails not because the product wasn't good or wasn't valuable. Yeah. you need to market it enough, yeah
1: right and then mm-hmm. product managers have to live in this gray world, right? You talked about like that KPI is 68. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Like, uh, and we really need to think about what's next. The now, now what, right? So a good team is good at figuring out what is around the corner and building towards what is valuable and meaningful. And then yeah. talking about user adoption, like, it's all about like understanding what these things mean. What does good adoption mean? What does bad adoption mean? Like, where are we today? And this is not a problem that that the data team figures it out. It's, like, it's an us, like us problem. We have to go figure it out together. Uh, because it, at the end, it, whose job is it for for to kind of deal with the adoption? Let's go figure that out if you don't know who's gonna be dealing with adoption and managing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. How did we do? Anything we missed? Are you
2: guys, are you like chat GPT three clone
0: like things? <laughs> <laughs> we've actually joked that maybe we'll be out of a job soon because chat gpt That's is just gonna like right listen, gonna be, like, takeaways and we're gonna be like instead of tim's takeaways it's gonna be chat, chat gpt's takeaways <laughs> it's pretty good
2: pretty good especially for two guys drinking vodka sodas
0: <laughs> yeah, say, hey,
2: i'm
1: right? actually taking notes on my phone and stuff but i don't know you guys did a
0: great job you did a wonderful job well, great, all all from you, and it was yeah. Uh, this was is awesome. just
1: this is just your content, and I, yeah. I think there's a lot of gold mines in here, a lot of nuggets. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Before we wrap up. Yes. Throw it back to you. Three questions. What's your advice about data about life? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what resources do you follow?
2: People, blogs,
1: conferences, podcasts, whatever.
2: Oh, uh, sorry. can you do? Let's do them one at a time. What's My, your uh, advice? data about life whatever (laughs) my advice about um well you're probably not spending enough time with the people you're you're building stuff for and we have to get out of the trap of giving people what they asked for i think if teams start to realize that that's actually that that's often a trap and it's not because they're trying to trick us it's not because there's any malicious intent it's just that the, the need is often not on the surface. Like we're, we're dealing with much more complicated things in today's world that we're in. And I mean like relative to 100 years ago or 200 years ago, the, these things are much more complicated. And it's it's harder to express these, the, the actual needs right on the surface a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Caveat, sometimes k-means clustering might be the right way. And we have to be open to the fact that maybe that stakeholder does have a good idea, maybe because it was a random guess that was right, or because there is some relevance there or cause they have a hunch from experience or something like that. Sometimes there's, there's some reason to trust that. And, and I say that just as much, cause as a designer, I used to get really threatened when like, you know, a, a client or a customer or, or a stakeholder or a product manager would have really detailed advice about what color something should be or how it should be laid out or whatever. And it's like, that's my world. You're threatening my space you know and as you get older i think you start to realize like collective knowledge is actually really valuable here so i want to just caveat that that part a little bit That's sage okay. advice. second who should we invite next oh who should we, have you had i just saw omar was in the thread you guys know omar kawaja at roach have you talked uh, to omar
1: we do omar has been a guest on our podcast. okay
2: yeah Hi, Omar, I saw you throw a, a message in there about investing in data product management. So that's great. Omar is great. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's not exactly data science and analytics, but again, I think the measurement question, which I, I see frequently, like, how do we know if we did a good job? How will we measure success? All these kinds of things, learning how to measure stuff is great. Talk to Ask Doug Howard to come on your show, how to measure anything. Very different perspective. He's not. I mean, he knows the statistics and the math about how to do all that kind of stuff, but the first half of his book is not about the math and doing the measurement. It's about asking these questions and 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 separating the, the measurement and accuracy accuracy thing. I think that could be really useful to data professionals to learn how to do this with their customers, stakeholders, sponsors.
1: That's an excellent suggestion. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And finally, what
2: what resources do you follow? I mean, what you resources do I follow? Um, a- we, you should listen to your podcast.
1: <laughs> I,
2: I, I never listen to my own stuff for advice. Cause I've already heard that advice that <laughs> came from me. No, um, I, my, the, the, I would say one of my favorite podcasts is the knowledge project with Shane Parrish. I don't know if you guys know that would, um, but I would definitely check that out. That's, that's probably my favorite podcast for thinking about decision frameworks. He's got great he interviews, really good uh, leaders and stuff, but I, I just think it's like from family to work, there's, there's a lot of really good stuff that he goes uh, goes into with uh, with his guests. So that's 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 one of the uh, main resources I think that I go to right now. It's less on the data specific stuff. All right. So yeah. Well, Brian. Uh, first of all,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, just quick. Next week, uh, we're gonna have a very special, different episode. Um, uh-huh. I'm just gonna leave it at that going to be shorter it's going to be live and it's All right. very yes, very special different so couple of get people are like what's going on so uh, everything everybody will be surprised but with that brian thank you so much like we had such a very thoughtful conversation i think we touched so many important topics um and i i just want to go off and read a lot of the stuff that you have and listen to a lot of the podcast episodes think we need to have more of these conversations so brian again thank you thank you thank you and as always thanks state our world who lets us do this every wednesday so cheers Cheers. cheers